0: News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio. Where you want it, when you want it.
1: Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. A little bit different type of weather out there again today a little bit warmer today but you know when i was driving on circle drive here in saskatoon uh started raining (laughs) so so just be careful out there when you're driving around uh uh, the roads might be a little bit icy in some areas because it was isolating it was raining just a little isolated spot but uh then it quit raining again after i drove a few kilometers down the road so there is spotty rain around uh, um, probably around saskatchewan uh, that's what the forecast is kind of around Saskatchewan so just be careful because there is some rain out there and coming in from the country uh today there yeah there was a few vehicles in the ditch here and there so yeah just be careful as you're driving uh together uh Jill you're in the line with me today good morning good morning yeah Jill's calling me from uh York and right Jill today York, York, and Saskatchewan. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, if you want to join us here uh, to talk to either Jill or I, give me a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, and you can do that by either calling on on with a live call or give me a text in the same number one eight seven seven three three two 8255. We'd love to hear from you. That's what the show is all about. Uh, Jill and I have more fun talking to you than we do have talking to each other because we talk to each other at work every day. Right, Jill?
2: (laughs) Right. But of course, I always love talking
1: to you. Yeah. Okay. So, So Jill, tell me what's going on in the greenhouse this week.
2: Well, this week coming up, we have our lily bulbs arriving. So that means that we're going to be having the smells of spring starting in the greenhouse. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, I can smell the dirt. But we don't call it dirt in the greenhouse. We call it soil. And uh, um, it's uh, one of those things that people come in and they can come into the greenhouse and they can really start smelling spring, get going. We get the production um, areas going. The greenhouses will starting to get heat- heated up and we're planting lilies. And one of the reasons why we plant them we so were like, well, why are you planting lilies right now? And um, we start off with planting our Asiatic lilies because they're so tall and they have such a long period of time to grow before they start blooming. We want to get some started so that you can get a little bit of, of uh, a sneak peek of some of the colors that will be coming. So we usually time it so that we can have some blooming around Mother's Day, um, and then a lot of them will be blooming also later. So we'll stagger start our lilies so that we can get the bloom
1: time. Now, um, now, right? Jill, now Jill, when you when there, people are planting them out in the garden and they come up every year, they're not going to bloom that early. Like we're getting blooming for like the May long weekend, right? So, yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's because we're forcing them, so people get to see them in the greenhouse what they actually look like in full bloom.
2: So you're not gonna see your lilies blooming in your garden usually until um July or yes. or um, middle of the summer. Um but yes, we do it in the greenhouse so we can stagger start them and you can sort of start seeing what they are. But that's also a, a neat thing to remember when you're planting. Um any bulb um for for that matter is that you can keep them in cold storage and then stagger start them so you might have a later bloom time or extend that blooming time on some of those um bulb um blooming plants.
1: Perfect. So so, yeah, give us a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five It might be questions about you know about starting seeds or bulbs or it might be about your house plants and or it might be some about some of those shrubs and trees that you're thinking about planting, which ones would maybe be the best ones maybe the the right type of apple tree to plant or plum tree or or those kind of things There's all kinds of questions that we could maybe help you with so um so, Jill, when we're also out there, like this year is, uh, uh, right now with the weather being so warm, people I know this time of the year always ask me about their black knot in the trees. And black knot is what I always call doggy doo doo in a tree. So now a great time to get out there and, and with a br- perfect weather like that, because those, when they when they turn black like that and have, when, and the shape like that's the seed stage of, of the black knot. It's a fungus. Okay. And so by the end of April, beginning of May, that's when those seeds poof out, open up, and then they spread these microscopic seeds all over and then land on the rest of your tree or in your neighbor's tree or whatever. So anytime between now and and before the about the middle of April, you want to trim those out. Now's a great time because there's no leaves on the tree, obviously, so it's a great time to see them, and you can see them all, and so just trim them out because there's no cure, okay? You can spray in late spring before the the leaves come out with a dormant oil kit, it's called, which is dormant oil and lime sulfur. That'll help it from return Okay, from getting it again. Uh, you spray it early in the spring before the leaves come on. Uh, but uh, but otherwise, and the best way to do that is with a hose and sprayer. You don't have your sprinklers turned on, your water taps turned on yet. So I hook up a hose um, to where the washing machine is, run it out the window, and then spray with it because you can get a good coating on all the branches. And with that lime sulfur and the dormant oil and that'll help protect it but otherwise if you see it already those black things you can't there's not no cure for that so you have to actually trim it out so very important and when
2: they're they're trimming that out um, where are you disposing of Um, some of those
1: branches good answer good question Jill because you don't want to put them in your compost okay those have to go right into the garbage and get them out of the yard okay so definitely, um, or if you're out in out in the country, make sure that uh, obviously you can't dig a hole and bury them or anything like that. So you just have to get them, put them, take them, get them out of your yard completely. Um, or otherwise, if you're out in the country and you got a little burning pile, you can burn them or whatever. So, um, But otherwise, you have to get rid of them because putting them in the compost pile will just, also the insects will just take those spores and just spread them around the yard as well.
2: And remember to clean your your pruning tools and and such too, so you're not spreading the spores from tree to tree as yeah, well too.
1: Make sure when you cut them, don't cut them right beside where the infection is. Cut at least four to six inches away, and then also yeah, make sure that you sterilize your pruners quite often. The best if you can do it right after every cut. But at least after every two or three cuts, for sure, especially if, you're, if you, sometimes you have to cut close because where the the black knot is too close to where you to the trunk or whatever else, so then you need to if you get the, if you 're cutting into that black part of it at all, you de- definitely need to uh, clean your pruners and just use a thirty percent bleach and seventy percent water or you can use rubbing alcohol or methyl hydrate or anything like that that'll help clean your your pruner so um, just uh, any kind of disinfectant like that will work and, um, and then you'll keep your pruners um, from spreading the disease around. So that's that's just as bad as the spores spreading around in the spring. So very important. And
2: is there, is there any way that I would be able to tell if my tree too far gone from this, um, this fungal?
1: problem if you see some sometimes you you see a, a tree and it looks like a christmas tree with so many like just covered with balls of ornaments so that there's so much black knot to you or if the black knot gets into the main trunk if it gets right into the main trunk then your best all best all to remove the tree and then don't plant another choke cherry in that spot um, we used to sell lots of cherries because the purple leaf, you know, leaves come out green they turn purple that's a schubert cherry, and lots of white flowers on it was a great tree but uh, the black knot has gone around saskatchewan so bad now that uh, um, that it's just not worth putting it in anymore so uh, just mm-hmm. choose another plant if you want a plant that's going to be uh, lots of flowers in the spring uh, but no fruit at all try a spring snow flowering crab you won't get the purple leaves uh, if you want purple leaves, then you can go with one called Courageous Flowering Crab. The, the, um, uh, the fruit on it is smaller than a pea. Okay. About a pea size and small. I smaller. had
2: one of those in my yard and it was one of my favorite trees. Yeah, so the, the, it was beautiful with the
1: yeah, purple leaves. You'll get the green, purple leaves and you'll get the pink, pink, uh, sort of a reddish flower on them. And, uh, it'll be perfect that way and you'll, you'll be able to enjoy it for lots of time to come. So um also when you're out there pruning, you can it's pretty hard to prune any of your shrubs out there right now because they're underneath the snow, but you can prune uh, a lot of other trees. But two trees you can't prune Jill right now is maples and birches if you prune them right now next spring they are going to bleed like crazy so you don't want to prune birches and maples right now at all but you can prune your your ash and your linden and your poplars and and all those type of trees even your flowering crabs, your apple trees you can prune them but don't prune your birches and maples right now they need to be pruned basically around um as soon as as soon as the leaves are fully open basically so you're looking at brown I always say July 1st. That's usually safe. You're doing it then. Uh, you can get away as early as, uh, July, uh, about June the 15th. We're going to take a break right now and we're going to get, come back to us right after the break. Give us a call then. And, uh, I'm, you're listening to Rick and Jill Van Davenek on Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. Uh, we'd love you to join us here. we to Rick and Jill Van Dabendijk. And give us a call at 1-877-332-8255. And you can either... That's the same number, actually, for either phoning or giving me a text. And we can answer those questions here. one 332 8255 And right off the bat, we'll go right to Ron in uh less talk good morning ron how are you today i'm good how are you very good
0: yeah i remember you saying you put ground cover over to keep root maggot flies away from laying their eggs yes till the first dandelion flush goes yep now would window screening keep them away or are they too tiny to go
1: through window screening Nope. that's actually would work fine as well Um, they're, they're fairly tiny, but one window screening should stop them pretty good. But one thing I do like about the, the, uh, the, the crop cover is because it's, it's basically a very tight mesh. It lets air through and light through, but it won't let, uh, it won't let the, the screen through. So, uh, it won't let the, the flies through. But, uh, but the screening should help to keep those flies out. Um, um, yeah, they, they, uh, it should, most of the screening, I would say, should be able to keep that fungus net out. Yeah, they don't think they can crawl through that. It'd be too tight for them to crawl through that. So that would work as well.
0: And and the cover you're talking about, it also lets rain through.
1: Yes, it lets rain through, lets water through, that kind of stuff as well. It'll shed a bunch of it, but some will a lot will drip through as well. Like it- Yep, it's it's like a canvas tent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as you don't touch the sides, right? You're fine. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I, I've been in one of those. It wasn't too much
1: fun. <laughs> so, but otherwise, yeah, you can you can use that that is basically called crop cover or sometimes it's called frost cover. But uh, it's very light, uh, but it does a really good job. Just make sure that whatever you do. It has to go uh, uh, down to the ground, and then you put some dirt over the sides of on, on the base so that they can't get underneath, okay? If you just lay it on the ground, it's going to be a little bit ripply and foldy, so they'll find spots to get in. And then just wait until basically the plants will pop up, so that's why you want to leave it off the ground a little bit, okay? You don't want to put it right flat to the ground and so the plants can pop up a little bit and then by the time they do that uh, those flies are going to go find somewhere else to lay their eggs cuz they're out of the ground already. And then also important to do Ron is that plant them in a different location, okay? Because they would have came out of out of your onions or or your radishes or whatever you're doing it for, they would have come out of the ground and then then uh, pupated in the soil around where you had them last year, okay? So if you If you plant your rows in the same spot and cover it up, they might just come. The fly might come out of the ground and then be trapped underneath there, and so that doesn't help either.
0: All right. Okay. So, save some coffee cans and rotate.
1: And rotate all your crops. Mm -hmm. Rotate. Very important. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. So, Joe, we also have a whole bunch of texts. We're going to get out here right now. So, uh, let's get started off on these right now. Uh, uh, Here we are from Pat from Saskatoon. Uh, last fall I dug up and stored my begonias and peat moss in a cool place. Now they are, it's a cool place, like it's cold, not just a cool place to be at. Okay. So, um, (laughs) sorry, joke. Um, now they are sprouting. Um, should I do anything with, with them now?
2: Um, Right now is the time that you should get your begonia bulbs going. I think my first shipment of begonia bulbs will be arriving next week. Um, With the begonia bulbs, when you've taken them out, they usually have what they call a hip on the top of the the bulb, and the roots are on the bottom, and then they have a crater in the middle. Um, And so when you plant them, don't plant them very deep. I usually have the hip of the top of the bulb just sticking out the top of the soil, um, and then they'll grow out from there. So make sure that you're doing that. Make sure you're keeping the soil moist when they're getting going but you don't want that soil to be saturated or also get rot on that bulb and you can use a bulb dust as well um, to keep the funguses down on those bulbs keep them healthier but Get, starting to get them water, soil temperature when you're um, getting your bulbs going is really important. If you increase your soil temperature, you're going to have better germination. And then once you get the the green going, that's when you increase your light. So for getting your bulbs started, the soil temperature is more important than the light um, when you're first starting off until you start seeing those green buds start popping out of the soil. And then you want to increase your light. So... Um, that's just some tips for when you're starting your begonia bulbs.
1: Okay, one question I know that everybody asks all the time, Jill, is that oh, how much do I water a bulb, let's say?
2: I would stick my finger in the soil. I would say about two to three inches um, down deep into the soil. Wait till that soil is dry to the touch. So I never want to give some advice and say water your plants once a week or twice a week. Um, it's definitely all by feel. So make sure you're feeling the soil And when it feels dry to the touch, then it's time to water.
1: So the best thing to do when you're potting that up uh, is make sure that you moisten your soil just a little bit before you pot your, your plant, okay? And then put your bulb in there and just leave it, okay? Don't be giving it a good soaking to water it in. You're thinking that you're going to water it in. So just some moisture into the soil to begin with, and then put your bulb in so that, like Jill was saying, that that top of the bulb is just out of the soil. And then um, then just when you stick your finger in, when that feels like it's dry again, that soil, then you water it, but not before.
2: Right. yeah and that 's a good point a lot of times when we 're using these soilless mixes they 're very, very dry in the bag, so making sure you add some moisture into that and don 't just plant it in a dry soil because that soil is going to wick all the moisture away from that plant really quickly. so make sure yeah you do add a little bit of water to that to that soil before you plant for sure
1: yeah i had a uh, I had a, a an email from uh, from a person this week saying I had a bag of of soil and it was rock hard. So what do I do with it? So the best thing to do with it is is I told her basically take it out to the garage floor, you know, clean your garage floor in area, take it over to the garage floor, put your soil on the floor, take your shovel and just break it up a little bit and have a watering can and put some moisture on it. Number one, for, so it won't be so dusty and it won't breathe in all that dust, you know, dust. And then, and then just break it up and then put some moisture in a little bit at a time until you get to a nice consistent moisture, not soaking wet, uh, just a nice consistent moisture. And so then you can start using it. So you can either put that in a wheelbarrow and do that that way or on the floor and then, then put it up pick it up and then put it into a garbage pail, and then once it's in the garbage pail, you, now you can plant And the uh, next couple weeks, and, and it's ready to go. So another question I had here, Jill, is um, uh, Heather from Regina. I've been told that eggshells are good for tomato plants. I've been saving eggshells since last summer. What's the best way to use them for my plants?
2: Well, what they're doing with collecting your eggshells and putting them into your garden is you're increasing the calcium content, um, especially around your tomatoes. And tomatoes need that calcium um, in the soil. And you can actually get a lot of fertilizers that are specifically for tomatoes. Um, So what you're doing is if you have a tomato plant and it's growing um, up and maybe there's inconsistent watering or maybe we're having a really hot summer, having that calcium in there, Um, just gives that plant uh, the ability to not get the blossom end rot. So blossom end rot is when you see the tomato grow up and almost like the end of the tomato is just completely mush or rotten. And that's from a nutrient deficiency and most often it's the calcium that's missing. Um, So adding those eggshells into the soil, just working them into the soil a little bit is great. A lot of people will say that the eggshells are kind of just like the diatomaceous earth as well too. So they'll help decrease maybe some of the different grubs and everything like that that you might have in the soil too that might eat the roots of your plants.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. There's that. That's a very good, very good point, Jill. And and remember, that it takes a lot of eggshells to give a lot of calcium. So you may also have to supplement mm-hmm. a bit of calcium, and add a little bit of uh, another type of, uh, um, like a fertilizer, especially like like an uh, like an alfalfa pellet tea or or pellets themselves, and just to give them all those other micronutrients to be a healthy plant. So, Jill, we're going to go to a break here right now. We've got the news coming up, so we want you to join us here. Don't forget one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We'd love to have a few more. Text we got to deal with after the uh, through the break, and then your calls as well. So uh, you're listening to Rick and Jill Vendemek on Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. You're listening to Rick and Jill Van Davendijk. Give us a call at 1-877-332-8255, And you can do that by either calling. We'd love to hear your calls here on the show. Uh, Jill and I get excited when we see calls and texts, uh, because that's what we're here all about. So give us a call by the same number, 1877-332-8255. That same number for texts and calls. Just like uh Marvell here in Moose Jaw. We're going to go right to Marvell. Good morning, Marvell. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Good, good. Very good. You have a question about spruce trees?
3: Yes. I filled some spruce trees in about three years ago, and uh, we want to replant them. Uh, This I don't know if it's a good idea to replant them now in this, this coming spring or what's going to happen to them because they have uh, the roots are probably intertwined by now because they're planted really close.
1: How tall are they? Pardon? How big are they? They're about,
3: uh, oh God, they'd be about two and a half feet high and at least.
1: Okay, that's not a problem. So what you want to do then is that you want to do that as soon as the frost out of the ground. So around April 15th till April 30th in that range okay Mm -hmm. if you can take them up and get some keep some dirt on the soil that's better but Mm -hmm. you can if you want to go if you have to go bare root at two feet tall that's not a not that big of a problem okay Mm -hmm. at that at that age but make sure that you have to do it early like you have to do it as soon as the frost out of the ground so plan for that uh, in different parts of Saskatchewan, you know, you know, down by Moose Jaw, your frost might come out quicker out of the ground than here in Saskatoon. Let's say, okay. So, uh, so whenever you can do that, uh, if you're gonna, if because most likely if they're planted that close together, you're not going to be able to get a very good root ball on each plant. So, it's very mm-hmm. important to do it as soon as possible. And then transplant. Make sure you have their holes ready to go before you dig up these ones up, mm-hmm. and then take them over to that new spot and plant them and water them right away and and get them established right away. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Is there a, is there a certain way of planting them like, uh, on the, is there going to be on the north?
1: Part? No, no, it won't, it won't matter. No, because okay. don't forget being planted that close, they will be kind of lopsided, okay? Because obviously, you know, out the one sides where there's no other plant up approaching it, it might be a little bit more bushy than, than right mm-hmm. tied up against the other plant. So just, just face them so that they look nice in the direction you want them to look nice.
3: Mm-hmm. I just wondered if there was a certain way of planting them so that it would hold the snow more in the wintertime,
1: you know? Uh, no, when they're this small, you best to put up a piece of snow fence, you know, to mm-hmm. be able to tra- trap the snow when they're that young. Uh, but other, th- other than that, and just make sure in Mooshare area, even Saskatoon area, uh, use a little bit of fertilizer like uh, like a groundskeeper fertilizer or put a little bit of aluminum sulfate on top of the ground or sulfur to lower the pH. You can always do a pH test. Uh, if the pH is down around 6.5 to 7, those plants will do way, way better, and they won't get that, you know, they get that browning tips on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, if you keep your pH down about 6.5 to 7, you'll have way less of that. If you have alkaline soil, so if you're up above above seven, up to, especially when you get up about a pH of eight, then you'll t- the the plants will tend to to, uh, to tip kill or get that brown winter look at uh, in the spring, okay?
3: What is the fertilizer to use? Do uh, you think?
1: Use well, If you use groundskeeper fertilizer, it's a lawn fertilizer basically, but it has a sulfur in it Okay? Yeah. Uh, you can get that, uh, I don't know if you can get it in Moose Jaw or not, but you mm-hmm. can get it in, in Regina. I know you can get it at uh, the Cowtown or uh, I think at Dutch Growers in Regina, you can get it at. Um, uh, but otherwise, uh, use uh, if you probably pick up a sulfur, a aluminum sulfate too, to, it'll do the same thing as well. But you'll need to add also some other nutrients as well. Okay?
2: hmm Okay.
1: But otherwise, yeah, good luck. Just make sure you do it early. That's the big one, okay? Don't don't wait until all the leaves start coming out on the trees because then it's starting to get too late.
3: Okay. Thank okay? you
1: then. You're welcome. Okay, Jill, we have uh some um some more text to take care of here. Don't forget if you got some, just like that caller there, just give us a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. And then we could we'd love to have your calls and be able to answer that one too. So we have here um um, uh, Greg from Weota. last uh, September it was so nice I planted a new area of grass it came up pretty good just wondering if I could spread some more seed and fertilizer when it thaws or just leave it any recommendations of what kind how much so um so yeah Bottom line is what I would suggest you doing is that if you just plant it up as if it was thin to begin with, yes, you can you can just go a, a lighter a ratio of grass seed and you can just work it in. You know, you take a, a, a just a rake and just rake the, once you put the seed over top, just rake it in so that the seed gets in contact with the soil, which is important. Uh, so you can always to make it thicken in, or you can just leave it and see what happens. Um, it, some of the other seed, if it didn't germinate last fall, uh, it may germinate this spring. You just leave it for a little bit longer. And then, uh, as the later on in May, uh, the, like the May long weekend or into beginning of June, you can always reseed on top of them if you want to fill in some spots as well. Uh, fertilizing, yes, use a fertilizer as well. Try to get a fertilizer, um, just like I was saying, uh, that groundskeeper fertilizer, nice one, because there's two different types, one that doesn't have phosphorus and one that does have phosphorus. Uh, I would use the one that has phosphorus for starting new lawns, because it has a 10 phosphorus, which is not very much, but enough to help get those root systems established as well and um, so otherwise that'll work good just I wouldn't su- suggest using a because um, um, uh, groundskeeper only has a 16 nitrogen I wouldn't some of the other fertilizers have like a 30 or, or 35 nitrogen for a new lawn I wouldn't use such a high nitrogen uh, for, for that so uh, you can you can take that uh, also Jill I have a question here um, uh, gardenscape a question about gardenscape the GardenScape is coming up here at the at the end of March. You have the dates, don't you, Joe?
2: Yeah, March 25th to 27th is GardenScape this year. We're so excited. It's been a few years since we've been able to all come together at the Prairie Land and enjoy sort of the kickoff to spring, if you will. Um, so there'll be some great educational seminars at GardenScape this year. Of course, the display gardens will be up, and uh, you'll be able to sort of get a kickstart on your spring with um, meeting some new vendors and uh, getting inspired on your gardening um, for the spring. So lots of different things happening. Um, usually you can see sessions on new varieties or container gardening or some trendy plants or how to prune. So there's lots of things that you can take in as far as educational stuff. And then of course people will always come Because at the Prairie Land, we um, put bulbs into cold storage and we uh, force them so that they're blooming for that that event. And it's just, you come in there and you can smell spring. And uh, it's just a great thing that people look forward to. And like I said, after a cold winter, it's nice to be able to enjoy those sights and smells again.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. There's going to be lots of tulips that, in fact, there's going to be a Dutch garden this year. I don't know if it was through the, the light tour that was at Prairie Land this winter. There was a big windmill lit up. Well, we're going to incorporate that into one of the big uh, gardens and have a whole whack of tulips and everything else around that, uh, around that windmill all lit up in, in one corner. That's will we'll darken it down a bit and, uh, and you'll be able to enjoy all the flowers. You know that, time of the year, everybody's say, saying, okay, winter's been long. <laughs> it's now, it's time. And you know what? Uh, this, this one thing is good is that it looks like, hopefully, cross our fingers, Jill. It looks like by March, the, the, you know, we'll be way down in the downswing of this, of this, uh, Omicron virus and hopefully cross our fingers. And everybody will be excited to get out and, and go to Gardenscape as well. So, uh, that'll be great. So give us a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, 332 8255 And uh, you can call us or text at that number. And we'd love to hear your call or text at that number as well. So uh, uh, another uh, quick one, Jill, we've got 30 seconds here. Uh, can I put coffee grounds in your garden? So uh, Jill from Humboldt. Um, yes, you can put Jill, you can put coffee grounds in your, in your garden, any type of the type of things. Just remember, don't put it all, whole big chunk of it in one spot. Mix it in a bit and uh, coffee grounds is, is, is actually an organic thing and s- some people even say it helps keep some of the insects away. So anyways, we're
2: going to it also changes the pH,
1: yes. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna to go to a break right now. So give us a call uh, after the break here at one 332 8255 and you can join us then. I'm you're listening to Rick and Jill Van Davendijk on Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning, Saskatchewan. Welcome to Garden Talk. You're listening to Rick and Jill Van Davendijk. Give us a call at 877 1877 3328 Two five five. That's one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. And you can do that by either calling or texting. Uh, now, Jill, you have some uh, some classes that the University of Saskatchewan is putting on this week.
2: Yes, the winter time is a great time to learn. And so, if we head to gardening.usaf.ca, that's gardening. USAS.ca. Um, they have lots of different classes on there, whether it's a learn-as-you-go class or they have these webinars that are coming up. And they're $20. They're two-hour live stream classes. Um, they're happening a couple times a month. And coming up, there's some exciting ones. I'm just going to touch on them really quickly. Tomorrow at 7 p.m., there's one on purple gardening. Um, it's a two-part class on how to maybe use some more purple flowers in your garden. And then on Thursday, January 27th, um, there's one on um bees and mason bees and how they sort of help our environment and and um and help uh how you can kind of support the bees um which is a really hot topic right now um on monday january 31st you have to register for this one it's free um no till vegetable gardening so uh, maybe you're wanting to explore gardening but you want it to be a little bit more maintenance low maintenance um that's a great one and then february 1st uh new and exciting varieties of vegetables and then right now, we're, end of February, it's, we're going to be starting to start vegetables and stuff like that indoors in March. So um, starting your plants indoors from seeds and seedlings. Um, i will be focused focus mostly on vegetables in there, so that's Thursday, February 3rd. So head to gardening.usas.ca. That's just a little tidbit of what's to come for this winter season, but so much information. And I'm excited to see these classes that are popping up. Um and we can get some education going and
1: fire. Okay, Jill, we're gonna good that's good to know about those classes. We got three callers in the line and some bunch of text, so we're gonna get right to it here. So oh, awesome. we're gonna go right away to Tim in Yorkton. Good morning, Tim. You got some questions about some fruit trees.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, if Jill's in Yorkton, I could uh, I could show her the tree and find out <laughs> it if it's really on its way out.
2: <laughs> there you go. Been, we'll pop on by.
0: I have a I have a, a yellow gold or a gold gold brook plum.
1: Yep, brook's gold. Yep.
0: And it's been giving me trouble for years. And uh, last couple of years, I've been spraying some Dr. Doom into the holes, and it seems to be doing a little bit better. But uh, it's not, I'm not sure if it's salvageable or not. It's out of my realm. But I've been trying to replace it and I've tried three times, like in different spots, putting different ones. And I keep getting plums that are, that are different colors and have the big spines on them and there's not much fruit. Okay. Right. So, and, but I'm buying Brook Gold.
1: Okay, so what do, you, what do you have for a pollinator for that Brook Gold?
0: i 've got all kinds of them uh, there's every oh well, i 've got the ones that I just bought, plus i 've got a couple of bigger uh, bigger plums okay. and, and like that like when it was giving fruit it's like i haven 't tasted plums that were that good,
1: yeah, so that 's very important as a pollinator because a lot of the plums pollinate a little bit later, the brook gold pollinates a little bit earlier, okay so Yeah,
0: it flowers, it flowers out like you can 't even see through the tree okay,
1: perfect, yeah, as long as there 's another tree around that flowers that early as well okay that 's the key. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, you can get a sand Cherry or a, a, a Prunus nigra, which is a, a native plum. You can plant that one around. And you'll have way more plums as well if you do the native plum. Okay? okay. And then you won't get very many plums on it, but just a pollinator, and it makes it's, well, I it's think huge. Well,
0: I think it's something with the tree, which is why I'm trying to get another one.
1: Yep. So and I can't
0: seem to I can't seem to buy one, even though I keep buying Brook Golds, and they're like they're getting crazy money now, and it's like I yep. got all these other trees yeah there's
1: in the gold ones there's not too many there's the old you know Fitz and Plum. but the brook gold is probably the best one for for our our area uh okay. now so the only thing you got to watch for them is that they don't get a viral in them okay if they do have a viral in them then you may have to just wait for a few years to plant another one okay so you were saying that you had holes in it and you were putting some dr doom in the holes yeah
0: yeah like i still have the tree and it still produces plums yep. but very few
1: yeah so we'll also watch your nutrients in your soil, you may okay. want to in the spring add some even alfalfa pellets around it uh, to get all those micronutrients in it, and not too much nitrogen, or use an organic fertilizer with a low nitrogen. Because if you put too much nitrogen, that doesn't help either. Okay. Yeah, but
0: I've th- been using bags of, of alfalfa pellets. for good. sure, perfect. yes. What are the plums with the spikes on them? Like, why would those? What, it sounds like you.
1: It sounds like you got a like you got a viral fungus in them that they have spikes on them. That that's so. What you may want to do is spray them early, right? Either before or. Or even after they finish blooming, spray them with Bordeaux. Okay, it's okay. it's a copper spray.
0: Yeah, uh, I do that first thing in the in the spring yeah, and, all the trees,
1: and do that after they finish blooming too, when the fruit starts starts forming, and do it again ten days after that again. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. I'll try that. Um, another thing, I was talking to Google and and didn't get any answers. To that. I have a, a, an apple tree that apples are probably half the size of your fist, and they're just nasty, right up until it freezes solid. And once they freeze solid, it seems like they're sweet.
1: Yeah, the 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 some of the apples they'll the produce late in the fall, right? So okay. so you'll get some of them like uh, fall red a little bit later on September rubies, just a little bit later on, more about the first week of September, and then they're of course bright as, red. As, as if it's bright red, it could be fall fall red then and then they they ripen a little bit later on so that's why you have to watch the frost and you may have to pick them a little bit early so that you can ripen them inside the house rather than out there
0: well these ones i've tried that and they actually have to freeze
1: yeah if they freeze then yeah you'd have to eat them right away you can't store them after that
0: yeah they won't store but they they're nasty to eat right up and i can't even figure out what kind they are Yeah.
1: yeah it's probably if they're red they're probably fall red Red. so okay okay, Tim, I got to go to another call here. No, thanks don't for your worry, call thanks. Have a hey, great day. bye bye okay, we have here uh, we have her Bonnie. Good morning, Bonnie. How are you today? I am well, how about you? Very good. You had a question I- about alfalfa pellets.
3: Right. As I was going to say, I also wanted to ask about alfalfa pellets. Um, am I going to be attracting the deer around my
1: shrubs and you, lilies and such? You could, yes. Uh, so the best thing is work it into the soil, okay, or otherwise make a tea out of it.
3: Yeah, I know about tea. It's just that I have such a large area that uh, yeah. it's going to require a lot.
1: <laughs> just work it in the soil so it's not on the surface, okay?
3: Okay, now that sounds... And so I put some out in the fall. Um, Is that possibly why I've had deer action, uh, you know, where they're brushing away the snow? Uh, uh, Um, They seem to be eating the tips of the plant. They don't seem to be going down further.
1: It could be, but you know what? The deer right now, because of that cold weather we had and the snow we have, they're going after everything right now. Okay. And so it could be that they're smelling it underneath the snow. Um, Mm -hmm. But so I just put wouldn't put it in the fall. I'd put it on the spring.
3: Okay. Because I did put it on in the fall, will this melt, sort of disintegrate them and work them yes. down and Yes, okay,
1: absolutely. It works perfect.
3: That's great. That's great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Have a great Have a great day.
3: And you too. Bye for now.
1: We have Barb on the call online here, but we're going to take her on after the show because we're coming right up to the news break here right now. So uh, thank you for joining us this week. And Jill, that was that went so fast. I mean, I can't believe it. We love it when there's calls and texts. And so it join.
2: Was so fast. Yeah. Yes.
1: So join us next week and, uh, you're listening to Garden Talk with Rick and Jill Van Dominick on 650 Seco M and 980 CJME.